Anthony Tashera joins me now, Eyewitness News sports reporter. Anthony, good evening to you. Are you well? I am fantastic. How are you doing, Aubrey? I'm good, man. I'm good. Good to hear from you. So, what a win, yeah? Uh, South Africa uh, beating Cape Verde, albeit on, uh, you know, on uh, uh, penalties. But a win's a win, hey, Anthony? Yeah, a win is a win. Uh, and honestly, um, uh, uh, throughout the entire 90, I would say that Bafana just edged it for me. Um, they were pretty spectacular. Every single time that they had to defend, they absolutely defended like beasts. And, and going forward, I felt like they were a little unlucky. So when the penalties came around, I'm not going to lie, my, like most South Africans, I was absolutely terrified. I was petrified. And then we saw Ronan Williams just, saving our hopes, our dreams, and just taking us forward to the semi-final. The first time in 24 years, which is kind of crazy to think. And, and, and I suppose the, the sheer adoration that Ronwin uh, has received from so- South Africans, the love that he's received is, is justifiable given his performance. Yeah, no. Um, honestly, I think the tweets were pretty spectacular saying that Ronald Williams was the type of person who could save our economy, who could save our country, who <laughs> could save marriages. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah, definitely on that performance. He became the first goalkeeper at the showpiece to actually manage to go and save a penalty in a penalty shootout, which is crazy to think because we're already at the quarterfinal stage. And then he does that not once, twice, but he becomes the first player in the history of the tournament to save four penalties in a shootout. In actual fact, if you go to FIFA's, Euros, and Copa Americas, he's the first goalkeeper to do that. So he very much, right now, he's fully in the pump. I wouldn't be surprised if he's goalkeeper of the tournament, regardless of what happens in the semifinal. Yeah. Because he's been superb. You know, in cricket, we say there's a captain's knock when the captain goes out there and they chase down that score. He absolutely chased down that ball in that shootout, and it was... It was a captain's knock through and through. Let's talk about the semi-final. We are going to be playing against uh, Nigeria. They are not to be scoffed at. No, not at all. Um, the Super Eagles team, Aubrey, has been... It's been one that I, I didn't expect to be as slow as they were in terms of starting. You know, They had a, a one-all draw to start the, the group stage. And then they labored through against Ivory Coast and Guinea-Bissau. But they did pick up wins there. It was 1-0 in both of those encounters. But it did look like there was just something missing. Every single time they had an attack, it just seemed like the front three just didn't understand each other. Um, you had Victor Osman who despite being African player of the year, he looks like a shadow of himself. He doesn't seem to know where to position himself. And Adam Ola Lookman, at the age of 26, he had a lot of promise when he was coming up through the youth ranks. And he never really showed it. And now at 26, he's showing it because you get into the knockout stages, that round of 16, the quarterfinals, it was his goal that saved Nigeria through. It was, it was him basically putting his nation on his back. And so probably it's the most informed forward going up against the most informed goalkeeper. It's going to be absolutely spectacular when it unfolds. Um, it, is a, it is a concern. It is a worry. Uh, given the fact that this Nigeria team, they have pedigree, they have class, they have players who seem to make it into um, you know, teams that are vying for silverware across the globe. But let's not discount, discount Bafana Bafana sure, at the moment. Sure. Uh, um, 
I want to I want to invite some calls and uh, hear from listeners who are I suppose football aficionados to give us their sense of what are some of our strengths and weaknesses and what some of the strengths and weaknesses of uh, uh, Nigeria are and where they place um, the the final whistle the score at the final whistle uh, come Wednesday uh, but. Something has happened in the Bafana Bafana yeah. squad. Something has happened. Um, I've seen many debates. Sometimes those debates go into uh, sordid sort of places uh, on various social media platforms um, about the fact that, uh, you know, Bafana Bafana seems to be on a w- winning streak. We beat Namibia. We've beaten Cape Verde. We are uh, poised to beat uh, uh, the Super Eagles on Wednesday, if everything goes well, what has happened within the squad that is bringing about this level of inspiration, this level of inspired football playing? You know, Aubrey, I, I've been I've been asking myself that question as well because when we first spoke, I was I was pretty skeptical over the fact that there were a lot of South African based players that they weren't players across the globe. Um, your spine is basically Mamelodi Sundown. Yeah. And, and I was a little skeptical over whether or not that would really bode well for us. And I think it's that familiarity. It's the fact that these are the players that are playing week in and week out together. And I really think that that's really given Hugo Bruce the platform to go and, and let them play the way that they want to play. And defensively, they are superb. I don't... I don't think I've ever seen a Bafana Bafana fight that knows how to defend as well as they do. And even when they're one-on-one, in the past you'd have this thought of, oh no, something's going to go wrong. That doesn't happen anymore. This is a side that knows how to hold the line. And even if it does go further, you know that you have a captain behind you who's in superb form. And so they also became the first Bafana Bafana team in the history of the tournament to have four clean sheets on the spin. So I think defense has been the staple. It's the familiarity. And on top of that, we have seen Coach Hugo Bruce, when he led Cameroon to their title, they weren't favorites. In fact, none of the bookies even had them making it into the semifinals, much like Bafana Bafana. So that underdog story potentially just carrying us through. That, that, that really makes a lot of sense to me. The idea that Bafana Bafana, because of the fact that they are made up of individuals who come from a team that, you know, come from a, a domestic team that, and that they work together for most of the time and that, that familiarity sort of narrative for me makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And what, what I'm hearing is that we've sort of graduated from the idea that we're looking for individual superstars and we are literally beginning to see the formation of a team rather than our dependence on superstars. Would that be fair? 100%, Aubrey. Um, you know, in the past, we used to have one standout performer who everybody expected to take us forward. I remember 2010 World Cup, it was Steven Pinar. We all expected he was going to take him, uh, take us forward, him and, and um, Chavalala. And we don't have that anymore. We don't have goal scorers at the top of the charts. Defensively, yes, we're at the top. But that's a collective. It's not just one player that we expect and go and do magic. But one player I would say that has been absolute magic for us, if we had to single out one player, is Temba Zwane. Um, he just doesn't seem to age, to be honest. He's yeah. getting better and better. Uh, and everything runs through him. And, and not only that, he almost looks like he's a coach on the field. 
um, you hear quite often football players talk about when they have an experienced midfielder, they have somebody there in the middle of the park who can walk them through a game, it makes it a lot easier because they need working on instinct rather than having to think ahead. And I wonder if that's also not having an impact. He, rem- he reminds me of, 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 of Roger Miller from Camp. I mean, yes. is, it, is, it, uh, is it Ghana? I think it's yes. Ghana, yeah. Uh, how he, he uh, seemed to age like fine wine at a certain point in time. And I think it, it really goes back to what you've said about the idea that these guys have found that X factor, that team sort of um, spirit, that, that team um, configuration that, that works. Uh, and perhaps that is something that we need to be thinking about going forward in terms of... Yeah. And we saw, didn't we see the same thing with the Springboks? That we had a team that uh, was comprised of individuals that knew each other for a long time, that, that understood each other's, uh, almost answering each other's questions, how well that they knew each other. Uh, could that not be the, the formula, uh, Anthony? Because I've always been saying that it's not a lack of talent that we perhaps uh, have been uh, lacking. Uh, and and for me, it's perhaps that particular quality, that team spirit, that team configuration, that team gelling. Yeah, I, I think that's true. But um, even into the build-up of this, there actually wasn't that consistency, you know. Um, the coach very much had players coming in and out. He wanted to see who would step up but who wouldn't step up. So he's been able to take players who are willing to play the team game. And I think that's helped a lot. But um, in the past, maybe the big issue for Bafana is that there's an expectation and you, I want to be the superstar. I want to take mm-hmm. the stage. Whereas that's not happening this time around. Um, in actual fact, the one South African that's really taken center stage has been Patrice Matepe. Um, we've had reports uh, this evening from the kickoff that um, the Moroccan outlets yes, are saying I, I that, saw that yeah, yeah they, they, they worried about why the CAF president has consistently been present at Bafana, Bafana Games. Um, this is despite the fact that he's been attending multiple games. He's been using his private jet to get to and from different places. But the, the question over whether or not his presence has affected the way that officials are officiating. Um, and it, <laughs> it could be just be <laughs> sour grapes. What, 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 what? What is the insinuation there, Anthony? And by the way, uh, Nduma Shungwane has just corrected me. says that uh, Roger Miller is from Cameroon, not Cameroon. Gone. Thank you yeah. very much, Nduma. I really appreciate that. Uh, but what is the insinuation behind the comments from our colleagues out in, in, uh, in Morocco? Well, from my understanding is that it's questions over the officials are feeling that his presence is making them officiate in a certain way. And so those 50-50 calls are going the way of Bufana. We're getting the rub of the green. Um, that's the insinuation. It's, it's, as far as I have seen, it has nothing to do with the fact that there is pressure, but that there's almost uh, the officials feeling that there is pressure. And yet nothing is of substance. It's not like we've had officials come out and say that. Um, we've, we've also seen that across the, the continent, there have been other reports that have said it's quite fascinating that for the first time in a long time, we have a CAF president who is attending matches quite frequently, rather than doing just one a day, going to multiple matches, being in attendance and, and being there. 
So, um, look, I think... I, I mean, let's, let's, let's just look at some of the, I suppose, the, the, the legalities. Is the CAF president not supposed to be at certain games? He's supposed to be present as many games as he can make it to. Is the CAF president um, suspicious in the fact that he is South African and that South Africa is doing so well in the African Cup of Nations? Does that in some way lend itself to a narrative that could suggest some form of skullduggery? I mean, that could be a suggestion. But Aubrey, this is something that happens quite often in African football. There's always these these um, comments of, uh, you know, when we play club football. So if Mamelodi Sundowns are going to West Africa, for example, how, you know, clubs will get fans to go and sit outside of the, the, the uh, Mamelodi Sundowns hotel. There's always been this, this sort of undercurrent with African football. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's what's coming out now. It's this idea of we lost. We have to find a reason to explain why we lost. Despite the fact that you've lost to Bafana now twice in the space of a year, um, despite the fact that this is a Bafana side who have done exceptionally well even before the tournament. And, and so you try and explain away why a minnow is doing great. And I'm saying minnow because of the fact that we haven't done well, yeah. not to say that we aren't a powerhouse or could yeah. be a powerhouse, but very much in the sense of a team that has failed to qualify for multiple tournaments, a team that when they do qualify, it's group stages, it's a quarterfinal exit, it's a slim victory over Egypt who aren't playing well on the night in the round of 16. Give me your thoughts about what happens on, uh, on Wednesday night. I honestly think it's going to be a lot closer than people are expecting. Um, if you if you see one side of it, people saying, oh, Bafana, Bafana are going to go out and score multiple goals and they're just going to run away with it. That's not their style. That's not their game. Other people saying that Nigeria's force is just too strong. I don't know. I see it going all the way to, I see it all going all the way to penalties, to be honest with you. And then it's just a matter of luck. It's a matter of whether Ronan Williams once again does magic because he went right every single time for those five penalties. He went to the right way. Um, it's whether we have the ability to step up. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a goal is draw or if it's 1-1 and then it goes to a penalty shootout. The winner of this particular game plays against the winner of which game? Yeah. Should the we go of, to the finals? Yeah, Ivory Coast and the Democratic Republic of Congo also playing Wednesday night at 10 p.m. We had seven there at 10 um, and that semi-final in itself is, is quite fascinating because this is an Ivory Coast that, despite being hosts, they have been dreadful. I, I'm sort of surprised that they are there, considering that in that quarterfinal, they went down to 10 men. And I, no, nobody's talking about that, the fact that they had two red cards, and that could impact them. Whereas, um, you know, the DRC aren't supposed to be there. Congo's not supposed to be part of this, and yet, much like South Africa, they've played exceptionally well, and they've been able to 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 have a team collective once again uh, push them through. So, um, I don't know. I'm back in the Democratic Republic of Congo there, and I think it's going to be a Congo-South Africa final. Just the whole of Africa would erupt. Yeah! Congo-South <laughs> Africa final, man. I mean, that would be something, hey? And of course, and of course, uh, a renewed 
um, a renewed vigor for the support of Bafana Bafana in South Africa. Mm. And I suppose it has to do with the fact that South Africans love winning teams. I mean, I've seen the, the stuff that's been happening on social media and, and, and so forth where people have uh, sort of um, sort of created unnecessary division around who in South Africa mm. is supposed to support which team, whether it's the Springboks or Bafana Bafana. But there has been renewed vigor for the support for Bafana Bafana. Uh, what do you attribute that to? I, that's success. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think much like the Springboks, it's a society that goes through so much hassle every single day and struggle that we want a victorious story. We want to see the underdog win because we see ourselves in that. Mm. Um, so very much that story. But regardless of what happens in that semi-final, I think it's something to be taken away. Yep. That Bafana Bafana, <laughs> they weren't even in the top eight in terms of potentially making it to a semi-final. And there they are. They've done us exceptionally proud. They went up against the top-ranked team, Morocco, and they swept the floor with them. They have, at every single stage in this tournament, showed grit, determination, and a will to fight until the very end. And that's something that we should take, regardless of what happens on Wednesday, regardless of what the score is. That's something that we should hold. And when it comes round that we continue with the qualifying for the World Cup, and we play Nigeria again because we're in that group, we go and we support them every single time. Because it's pretty unfortunate and sad that before this tournament, the away fights were getting more fans in the stadiums. And maybe, maybe we can just take that in. Yeah, yeah. Look, I think I think anybody wants anybody wants to be associated with a winning team, but I think there is something to be taken for from those who say, "Listen, we've got to be a little more consistent in our support for Bafana Bafana, uh, particularly in moments when they are at their weakest." To what extent do we look at Safa and their support of Bafana Bafana in all of this and clap our hands in congratulations? Um, I'm going to be honest, Aubrey. I think we support the players and we say, well done. And we say, Coach Bruce, you've done fantastic. Um, but I still have question marks over whether Safa has been able in the past to give them the platform that they deserve, to give them the marketing, the backing that they deserve. And, uh, whether or not they're going to continue after this tournament with the same sort of theme, that's the real question. Anthony Tashera, thank you so much for joining us uh, this evening. And uh, you, you predict a, a Bafana Bafana win, yeah? Uh, I do, I do, Aubrey. And this isn't just patriotism speaking. This is like a proper football journalist or sporting journalist and, and an analyst around these issues talking, yeah? Listen, Aubrey, the newsroom laughed at me when I said we would make it to the semifinals before this tournament even started. So I very much feel like... As much as there's patriotism, there's also seeing the way Bafana play. And defenses win tournaments. Defenses win tournaments. Z-Max on Twitter says, South Africa versus Nigeria. It says, two well-balanced teams defensively. And Nigeria is, Nigeria's got the edge uh, in offensive uh, play, plus with the 12th man. Uh, and with Peter Obi in the crowd, that might motivate them to pull it through. Peter Obi, who's Peter Obi? 
I'm going to be honest. I have no idea right now, Aubrey. Yeah. All right. Anthony Teixeira, thanks very much. Really appreciate your time, my brother. Much appreciated. Thank you. Yeah. So much, Aubrey. Thank you. Anthony Teixeira, it's Eyewitness News Sports Reporter. Yeah. Eh? <laughs> Listen, I'm behind Bafana Bafana all the way, yeah? And uh, I really believe that they're going to pull it through for us. I think that uh, they are on the crest of a particular wave. I think that something has happened within that squad. I agree with Anthony's um, analysis that uh, the team has become center stage, uh, in the minds of the players and the technical team and everybody involved rather than individual players. Indeed, we always have uh, stars. In any team, there are stars. But I think that the idea of stars uh, has taken uh, a secondary sort of place in the minds of the players and the technical team. And uh, uh, that's a good thing. Look, I know that the the politics of the whole thing will now say, ah, uh, you know, we who love sundowns might gloat and say, ah, it's because of us. No, sundowns too is a South African team. And whatever contribution that they can make to, uh, to, the, to, to the national team, so be it. So be it. Um, for me, I think that uh, sun, sundowns, if it's making the contribution that we need, Absolutely, but we, we can't discount the fact that there are other players, perhaps might not be playing on the day, but that are part of the squad uh, that come from other teams. We can't discount the fact that there is a technical team. Uh, I suppose what I'm trying to say is that, guys, we need to mature a little bit when we have these conversations.